This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez? What do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only, 18 plus, rewards, registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a team that we all love, playing out of person town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. Play up, play up, for fail. Welcome to the Island Vale podcast. It's a Saturday the 10th of December, is it the 10th today? I think it is. It's not even Saturday, it's Sunday. That's what sort of weekend it's been. Sunday the 10th of December. It is nine o'clock at night and we're going to review the Exeter v Vale match from yesterday. The Alsakiko, as people are calling it, which Vale come out one no winners. But what I'm going to do now is because... The only other one of the pod crew that watched the game was Tom, and he's tucked away in bed, so he's beat me to bed tonight. He can't join us. So Andy's going out. Andy, how's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, I had a bit of a busy day yesterday. I was doing stuff, trying to watch the game while I was doing something else, but my um, <clears throat> stick was was playing up, so I didn't maybe watch as much of it as, as I could have done. So um happy to jump on, but... God knows what happened. The little bits that I saw were veil under the cosh, more so in terms of having to suffer without the ball more than I've seen us do recently. You, you'll probably be able to tell us about that. But right, first of all, bit of business. El Sakiko, who's gone today? Well, unfortunately, Mr. Neil's gone from down the road, who I thought was doing a fabulous job. Yeah. We're all gutted about that. I think I think um, some of these chairmen are just... Not, they don't give managers enough time, do they? They don't. If they'd given them another six months, they could have been having a derby next season. But, hey, I've... never mind. Johnny, how are you? You made the trip down yesterday. Did you drive? Yeah, I drove down. Oof. Yeah. All good, all good. Um, it, it's nice to walk away feeling, feeling happy with the three points. Um, but... Let's be fair, the highlight of the game was uh, Bailey de Pepper. Yeah. Because 
Oh, I've never seen a man so confused in all my life after the game. He did. He, he, he was just looking at the fans going, what the fuck is going on here? And like, apparently Greeny told him, they're singing about you. And then Ben Lomax had his arm around him as well saying, like, that's for you. And he just looked really confused. Yeah, he did. He did. He got no idea. And I saw Lomax talking to him saying, they're singing your, for you, Ian. He's like, you are. What you on about? Yeah. But, but no, and do you know what? He's only 16. He's a first-year scholar. So to have his league debut at 16, and I thought he did okay when he come on. I don't expect him to be there bullying defenders, etc. at 16. But I thought he did all right. And the only reason Uchi got his one-on-one was down to De Pepper for me. Yeah, yeah. He, he, did, he did a fantastic job when he came on. I think the future's bright in that sort of area for the young lads. Yeah. Uh, but... I think like the, the the song, it was just things were things were a bit under the cosh, and like Andy's just said. But I think what you find with fans is players pick up on fans, don't they? Like, so if fans are a bit nervous and a bit like, oh, it, it comes across. But I think we, we were singing that for a good twenty minutes, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, easily, my voice had gone. And what that's, but it just it just felt like the game was seen out. I wouldn't say comfortably because Exeter had more than enough half chances, but it didn't feel anywhere as near as nervous as maybe it probably probably should have. Really, no, you're right. And for me, let's you know, let's not beat about the bush. Yesterday for me was probably the worst performance of the season. Maybe some would argue Chantham was worse. I would probably argue yesterday was worse. However. For me, yesterday was purely about the results. It wasn't about the performance. We've seen enough good performances where we've picked up fuck all. So yesterday for me was purely down to we need three points on the board and whatever we can do, get them on there. Luckily, we come up against a side that really looks like they're heading for the bottom four if we play like that for the rest of the season. Yeah, look, look yes, yesterday was all all about the win, like you say. You, you start tinkering and focusing more on performance when you've won two or three three games on the bounce, can't you? When you yeah. I mean if we go undefeated the next three playing like that, you're all right with it. Yeah. Come come the fourth game, you're 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 a bit like, okay, we need we now need to get back to playing the football that we were doing, but keep the results going as well. Yeah. So at this minute it, it's all about winning games of football. Yeah. Stop the rot, which we've done. Pick up three points. We've done. That's that ticked off. As you say, I'll accept another performance like that next Saturday against Wigan if it means we win 1-0. But then we've got to start looking at how do we perform better because for me, the performance, and we'll get it through it when we talk about players, was, as I say, for me, the worst of the season, but I aren't bothered. I'm not going to come on here and go, fucking hell, that was dreadful. It was, but I'm just happy we got three points yesterday and if that's exactly what we needed from that game of football. And let's be fair, the conditions probably played into that as well, although it was the same for both sides. Yeah, it was it was it was two it was two bad teams playing bad football on it. Let's be honest. Yeah. So it's you, you can mask you can mask it however you want. It, it hasn't. It has obviously helped Crosby's situation within the club, but you, you're not gonna we're not gonna long term play play that way and win games. So. We've still we've still got a lot of hard work to do, so it it hasn't really changed the situation for me. No, with I him. totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. It's still very much 
for me, his job is hanging by an arc threat, or should be. I don't think it is. Let me just reiterate the wording of that. For me, as far as the fans are concerned, he's got a lot more due to win fans back. And we said before this game, it wasn't going to be 90 minutes that won fans back after the run we've been on and the performances we've been putting in. Well, yeah. going off Dave Flickcroft's interview in the Michael Bagley Valiant newsletter, um, he's not under great deal of pressure at all. I didn't get that. You know, I got the impression that he's, you know, nowhere near the, the sack, according to the people who actually make the decision. So that's the feeling that I got. But obviously, in the group chat, Stu, um, Stu did seem to read it slightly differently. Yeah, I said uh, jokingly that it was a vote of confidence, and um, yeah. I think Stu took it a bit seriously. But yeah, I, I read for me. I read it more neutral. And I thought if you picked up on certain lines, obviously he said he wasn't under pressure. And I think if you picked up certain lines, obviously he said to me that this run and the performances aren't good enough and we know they're not good enough, which to me would indicate he was under pressure. So I think it depends which part you're focusing on. If you're looking at it as an overall, I think it was a neutral. I don't think he'd give any indication either way. Which which is probably fair enough with Flitcroft, isn't it? We... Mm. You, you don't you don't get too much like definitive no. from the club at the hierarchy, and I wouldn't expect so f- about your manager. No, and the truth is, I'd love him come out and tell us. However, what do you actually gain from that? Because if he comes out and goes, Andy Crosby's the man for us. He's going nowhere. We know we haven't won the eleven. This is obviously before the weekend, but he's going nowhere. Then either. Fans start reacting and going, oh, he's had the vote of confidence. That means he's going in two games. Or fans go, Christ almighty, he's not going anywhere. This is dreadful. And if you come out and say, well, Andy Crosby's got three games, save his job, you're heaping a hell of a lot of pressure on your manager. So I think you're actually in a lose-lose situation, whatever you do. Yeah, and I think, I think the other thing is, if you come out and back him, like clearly back him, and then we lose the next three on the bounce and then we sack him, it doesn't, from a PR perspective, it doesn't look great, does it? No, and don't get me wrong, as a fan, I'd love the club come out and go, Luke, this is our stance on the manager. But yeah. I totally understand why they can't and probably shouldn't. Yeah, which is which is more than fair. And I try to be as much as a and you're right, Johnny, what you said earlier about picking up on the crowd and the vibe in the crowd. That's why I had an argument ten minutes in when some fans were singing Andy Crosby, your football shit. And everyone yeah. knows I am on the Crosby out bandwagon. I'm not but why travel to Exeter? to start singing after 10 minutes when you're nil-nil and you want three points. I just, If we were 2 nil down at that point, I'd get it. But it just baffled me at nil-nil and a game that, you know, was even at that point. Yeah. It, 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 I, and yeah, and I lost my shit and I'll apologise that if anyone was around, I did lose my shit. I don't think you should apologise. I think you're spot on, mate. I think, like, <laughs> there's a time and a place for stuff like that. And I know it's been rancid the last month and half. Because that's all it's been, that, and that's how mental it is. We've, we've played 400 games in that sort of period, but it has been rancid. But at the start of a game, you've got to give them chance. Yeah. And when you level, I just didn't understand it. But hey, that's football fans for you. Andy, have you got any stats for us? I have, actually, yeah. So, um, do you want to guess? I think I told you in the group anyway, because it was... Yeah. Uh, Bit of an outlier, wasn't it, considering what we're normally used to? Yeah. So, possession, Vale, 38.9% compared to Exeter's 61.1. Uh, total shots, 12 each. 
they had five on target. We had three off target. They had all five. Um, no, no, sorry. I, 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 sorry, I'm reading this and I'm not making any sense. They had five on target, five off target, but they had 12 in total, so maybe two were blocked. I don't know. I was going to say would be blocked. Yeah. So we had three on target, three off target, and another six that were blocked, I suppose. Yeah, there we are. Yeah. And passing percentage, they've got us both as 0%, so I think they just weren't counting it. Uh, Clear-cut chances, none apiece. 12 corners to six in favour of them. Um, and uh, blah, blah, who cares? One red card at the end. Um, but 1-0, there, there's your stat. Three and points. And what stands out for me? Go on. We played Shrewsbury the other week when I was in Benidorm and we had 73% possession and lost. We've then gone Exeter, got 38% possession, 39 with rounding, and we've won. And I've always said, possession for possession's sake, I don't get, and it shows what we've been doing of late. <laughs> well, do you want to say what stands out to me? Go on. The fact that a player three yards from goal in an open goal hasn't been counted as a, as a clear-cut chance. Like... Surely our blaster's goal is a clear-cut chance. Yes. Like, he, he, he stood in the middle of the goal with nobody around him. Off, well, let's, let's be fair, he stood offside in the middle of the goal with no one around him. Maybe that's why they're not counting it, because he was offside. I think <laughs> for some stats that they don't count down at this level, they just put zeros in. So we've got tackles, percentage, 0% for them, 0% for us. Aerial duels, 0, 0. So I think it's just a stat that they haven't got. Um, access to because these are all like press associations, syndicated stuff. It's the same stuff on the BBC, I think. It's the same stuff everywhere you go. So, um, probably because in the cold light today, wouldn't you call Lucci's one on one with the goalie a clear cut chance, even though he passed it back to him? Yeah, I, just, um, I would, I, I would if it was a, if it was a, a striker, but yeah, it, fair. then no, I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd say that's a difficult one for him. And I must admit, I think extra had a couple of really good chances where if they got a recognised striker on the pitch. The probably scoring. I think I remember having one near the back post in the second half that they skied over, which the striker the, would have scored. The one in the first half where Ripley comes and narrows the angle really well. Yeah. In H and I think it was Jack H and at the time, like was was there or thereabouts. I'd say that's that that's nearly as clear cut as you get. Yeah. And the one second half where they've looped the ball in the box and for some reason Smithy ducks under it. Oh, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get on to that one. I've had, I've, had, I've had that sent to me 13 times. 13 different people have sent me that going, so, so. This, this, this is what you're on about with Smithy. I know it's what I'm on about with Smithy. I know it is. Please stop sending him me. It hurts. They also had a chance, didn't they, where... Um... It sort of got into the box and he just, I don't know if he's not quite facing the goal. He's trying to swivel on it and hit it and he just doesn't get a connection at all. It just sort of trundles. It just rolls back into Ripley's arms and Ripley just dives on the ball. That looked like a really, you know, like a, a confident player just sort of maybe takes a touch or he just hits it first time. And that just sums them up, I suppose. You can, you can see a lot of... Um, similarities between the run they've been on the run we've been on and just a team that are just struggling to get anything going yeah yeah i think i think you're spot on i think that they 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 were that's their fifth or sixth game now without a goal 
and we obviously we know how that feels but you you can see how that's that that's taking the effect like it did did on us in that part of that run so yeah it's it's a long way back isn't it yeah and and were they still playing that um center half up front no they they'd actually they'd actually decided that they were going to put some some other players up there uh, like i say jack h and kind of he, he started up there with that Yannick Wildshit and Harry Kite either side of him, apparently. Yeah. Um, but, it, but yeah, they actually had a few strikers on this time round. Yeah, that Harry Kite disappointed me, to be honest, because he's the one that scored that good goal against us last year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah that long-range long one from... Dis- that's it. Yeah, that- yeah, it was flying last year, but this year there was nothing there. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> Set that one up nice, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, should we get into it then? Because, um, yeah. Because I don't know what to say after that. Have you had the wind yeah. taken out of you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knows how that feels this season. Oh, Jesus. Well, I mean, there's. I tell you what, last yesterday there was plenty of wind. There's enough wind to fly a kite yesterday night, wasn't there? There was. There was, yeah. but luckily Exeter's kite wasn't flying. How was the coach doing the home? Was it um, was it blustery on the coach? Wasn't too bad, to be fair. Was it not? Fair enough. Yeah, too bad. Saw so, so, so a couple of uh, couple of lorries and stuff shaking across the motorway when I was driving back. So. Oh, right, no, no, never felt anything like that. And I didn't go to sleep, I stayed awake for the old journey. So now I watched the Tottenham game on my phone. Not the Tottenham game, that was afternoon. The Arsenal Villa game. Yeah. And we got back boozing for about 20 past nine, which I didn't think was bad, considering we didn't leave Exeter about all five because someone didn't get back on the coach. So I haven't heard anything yet. So hopefully he's all right. Fair enough. So, but yeah. Let's let, let's kick off. Let's kick off with ref watch, eh? Go on then. But we, we did have a good game of dominoes, and there was a couple of rollovers, and no one won it in the end. So that went into the statue fund. So that was another sixteen quid into the statue. Oh shit! I, for, I forgot. Um, Phil gave me a tenner actually. Very very good of him. Um, that needs going in the statue because he says he's not. He wasn't paying one pound fifty to donate online. So. Uh, yeah, they're just giving thingy, doesn't it? Yeah, but you can custom edit it to zero. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Actually, and yeah. and um, as the number of listeners co- corresponded with the number of um, donations? No, yeah. we never expected it to. <laughs> yeah, never expected it to. But yeah, ref watching. It was that bloody one that we had at Portsmouth, the way that spent his whole game with his arm round Colby Bishop sucking him no, off. No, it wasn't. You said this, it wasn't. That was Bobby. It looked like it. That was Bobby Madley. I tell you what it was. What? No, it was um, Portsmouth last season, not this season. Right. And you the, had the one that gave the two penalties and Darren right. Hart wasn't happy with him. That makes perfect sense. And you had seen him at Portsmouth. Yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't Colby Bishop's mate. That that was Bob that was Bobby. No, he's the one that gave Colby Bishop the penalties and had his arm round him all game last season. Well, people like Colby, he's a nice bloke. Well, not according to Nathan Smith. 
Well, Nathan brings out the bad side of uh, bad side of most people, including himself at the minute. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, ref watch. Neil Hare. Neil Hare. There we go. Got any good um, hair puns? To be fair, he does like his hair, doesn't he? Because he's got it all quiffed up. In... Yeah, he's got a good bar on it for a referee, hasn't he? He had, and during the match, he's sorting his hair out rather than giving fouls. But he did that a couple of times where I thought he could have fouls. But in all fairness, he did let the game flow well. Got the red card spot on. I remember being frustrated with him a few times, but I can't fully remember what, so he can't have been that bad. He did let the game flow, which I like a ref that lets it flow. I'll give him a seven out of ten. He did okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I don't. I don't think he did anything. He didn't do anything special. He didn't spot anything like world class or anything, and he, he didn't miss anything obvious. So yeah, seven out of ten seems fair. And he, he, he's a oh, brave referee for giving the red card, probably because he didn't have to. No, but it was spot on to do it. Yeah, yeah, it was. But how many referees have you seen ninetieth minute of a game go? Uh, I don't need to do that now. Yeah, I think when a player uses his hands like that and it gives him no choice, really, it's like a statutory. I don't think he can get away with letting it slip. I think if there's an assessor in the stand, then it's like a a big black mark against his name. I think he's like, you can't not do it. I think I think he just had no choice. No, I agree. And he probably remembers the Portsmouth game about Colby Bishop telling him about Smithy all game because at one point there, striking that Will Aitchison ran behind Smithy and just gently gave him a knee into his back of his hamstring and Smithy made a meal of it, as you'd expect him to. And the ref just laughed at Smithy and told him to get up. Yeah, I, 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 without Smithy went down and screamed, though, I thought he'd actually pulled his hamstring off. Yeah, he was doing that for the ref's effect and... The ref, knowing Smithy, because Colby Bishop told him all about him, I think, when you try and get him sent off here. And in all fairness, their lads with a different ref could have got sent off. But the ref kind of probably went, no, Smithy, you're making a meal of it, get up. And then Smithy did get up. Yeah, no, that's part, part, part and parcel of what Smithy ha- has been doing, isn't it? But... Yeah. But yeah, that was Ref Watch, brought to you by repair-glasses.co.uk. If you need your glasses fixing, get yourselves over there and get them fixed. If you've got any glasses, buy some, break them, and then go to repair-glasses.co.uk and tell them Bess I sent you. There we go. Right, should we get into it then? Let's get into it. Now, how did you get there, Johnny? Well, I drove, but you could use Andy's taxis if you need to get, get, get away at any other point. So. He he has he has promised he's going to turn going to turn up for for friend of the show Jamie and Dicko next time. So yes, he has. Um, hopefully we'll get we'll get rave reviews going going from them pair next time for him. But yeah, get in touch with Andy. Um, yeah, Andy PVFC's taxis. If you've got the winter blues and you want to get away, I'd book your holiday first, and then once you've booked your holiday, ring Andy, tell him when you're flying, and he'll take you there, or he'll find someone that will. Yeah, happy days. But yeah, I, I sent you the text as normal, Bez, and then oh, you did. I did. See, you can't I'm not roasting. Yeah, you said. Hey, up, Bez. I think I fancy. Oh no, that was a different message. <laughs> um, on paper, the strongest eleven. Good to see Walter starting in the league. Loft out altogether is interesting. 
we know he's not good enough, but surely if he's not injured, it spells the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, knowing, knowing, like to caveat that, knowing Divine's missed out through injury and Yak's not fully fit, sort of thing. That's that. That's where that's where we were. I was at with the thinking of it. So, and yeah. I, I think I'm right in saying that someone confirmed he travelled, but he yes, had got a slight knock. He was on the he was on the video, right? Um, but yeah, he definitely he definitely walked past the front. I was told so. Um, yeah, apparently got a slight knock as well. I heard. Yeah, so hopefully, well, I don't I don't mean that as in hopefully he's injured, but it's it, it it's it's all it's it's hard to keep your strikers happy when they're not playing. Oh, yeah. So. Let's let, 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 let's hope it is injury rather than he's been completely bombed out because we've got him for another eighteen months and he could happily sit sit on his contract for the next eighteen months if that's the case. And we've heard how footballers can become disruptive. So we don't we don't need anything like that going on. Not that I'm saying Loftwood, but no. it, it's just so it's a position you don't need to to, to kind of put yourself in, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And what I get what you're saying, you're saying let's hope he is injured because if he's just been bombed out for a 16-year-old and as much as I enjoyed the Peppers' performance as a 24, 25, 26-year-old yeah. striker, whatever he is, that probably demoralises you. And he's been bombed out already for a centre midfielder. Don't forget. Yeah. So, so, so you've not just been bombed out. You've been bombed out once for a centre midfielder, but you take the bench spot, so you've got a chance to do something. But to be then bombed out again would be, yeah, would would spell the complete end. And I, I'd be honest, my head would fall off. I was in that position. Yeah, yeah, not me. But yeah, there we go. Now we can hand over to Andy to go through the lineup. Right, let's start with Connor Ripley then. Um, I, I've got the feeling that whoever both of your man of the matches are going to be, he's probably going to look a pretty early. In the team lineup, uh, so Connor Ripley, um, Johnny, should start with you. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, there we go. Bit of an echo, Bez. Is that coming from you? Are you a bit close to your phone? Possibly. There we go. I hear myself, and I don't like it. Um, yeah, Connor Ripley. What can you say? Brilliant save in the first half. Made two or three decent saves in the second half, and then goes into the bar in his full kit after having a few pints. Just show, shows what sort of keeper he is. Um, but oh, he does. I, I thought it was probably one of his best kicking performances in that weather as well. I thought his kicking was brilliant. He he kept him. He kept him relatively low and found found his man. He didn't have a lot to do in terms of. Amazing saves, but when the saves he did have, have to make, he made them really well. So he was my man of the match with an eight, um, closely followed by one other. But yeah, Connor Ripley, brilliant performance, and we um, we're always we're always half in a game with him in goal because you can you can rely on him. Yeah, yeah. the best gone. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. He wasn't my man of the match; he was second in mine, and I was going to say I think we could. You know, for me, there's probably three candidates for man of the match. Two were clear of the third for me, and Ripley was second close, second. Someone else picked him for me, but I thought he was fantastic, kept us in the game. And 
for those that have watched the Football League highlights, if you've seen the goal that Carlisle conceded, i.e. Thomas Holdley, thank God we've got Conor Ripley because we've had some, I won't say shite goalies, but we've had some average goalies over the past sort of two or three seasons. Now we've got a goalie that is up there with best in the league, if not the best. And thank God for Conor Ripley because without him, we could be in the bottom four by now. So more than happy with Conor. Great performance. Love seeing men having a pint after we've won a game. Yeah, it came out quickly and smothered those two big chances, really, especially the one where Smith dug the ball. He he was out like, he, well, he, he was out really fast to that. And um, he just exudes an air of a keeper who is going to, you know, get you through on days like that when you need to grind out a 1-0 win. He's, he's, um, he's making the saves and he's just sort of got that air about him, that, that sort of confidence. So, uh, in my team that I looked at the, the lineup, it was showing me right side of the defensive three was Jesse Deborah. Um, was that how we lined up on the pitch, uh, D- Daniel? Yes, it was. And Big Deb was my man of the match. So, you're right when you said we'd be going early with man of the matches. Those two players, we've covered them off. I thought Big Deb was excellent. There was some last-ditch tackles that he put in, the Barden and put them in, Exeter probably... With the way their striking was, probably would have put it straight down Ripley's throat, let's be honest. But they were very good chances. Um, I'm really... I mean, I like Big Deb after the sending off from Bristol. I think he's been fantastic since then. He's got a little bit of pace about him, which we lack at the back at times. He's got the height, and I think he's I think he's getting better in the air as the weeks go on. Because I think at first he was a little bit caught under balls at times, whereas now he seems to attack him well. And then long legs, he just seems to be able to get some blocks in and some tackles in from angles that you don't expect. And really like Big Deb, more than happy with him in the start of the 11 going forward. And for me, at this moment in time, he's becoming one of our most crucial centre-offs. So my man of the match, Big Jesse Deborah. Johnny? Yeah, um, eight for me was second in mine. I thought the the difference between the two man of the match choices was that I thought Deborah's first 10 minutes was a little bit shaky. Um, it seemed like a lot got beyond down his and Sang's side in that first 10 minutes, but when he, when he kind of got that out of his system, I thought he was he was excellent. So quickly becoming a very a very key part of that defence and um, interesting, like you say, with with his pace. And there was what there was one tackle where he, he he turns up from nowhere and it was just it was a brilliant challenge. So long long may that continue for Jesse. Yeah, about Jesse, um, uh, something that Mella said to me the other week was, uh, if you're going to play a possession-based game and the main threat to you is going to be on the counter-attack, you need players who've got that pace and the ability to recover. And maybe, you know, we left Jesse out of um, Shrews and and maybe he could have made a difference, particularly on the second goal, you know, where they properly sucker-punched us. But hey ho, he's something we'll have to look at. But it, Deborah's um, making really good progress over the last few weeks, and hopefully that carries on. Right, yeah, middle of the three. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with on. that about the counter attack and having a bit of pace to cover it. And I also like the fact Crosby said in his post match interview that when Deborah wasn't selected for the Derby game, he actually knocks on his door and says, Do "You know what? I think I should be starting this team." And to know that a young lad who's only just come into the football league has got that confidence to go, wait a minute, Gaffer, we're on a bad run. 
I won't be out there putting my neck on the line. I think I'm good enough to be out there. I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, there's going to be some uh, interesting selection decisions when, um, you know, Yak's nearer to full fitness and Jones, he's had his little setback, but he's, but he's on his way. Um, somebody's probably going to have to miss out and be a bit um, disappointed with that, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jason Lowe, middle of the three. Um, his experience has been um, much missed in the last few weeks. Um, it's Johnny, isn't it? Um, what do you make of him? Yeah, look, Jason Lowe is he's the sort of player that he he's clever enough to drop in. He's quick. He's quick enough at his age to sweep up a little bit, and he's also competent enough to have the ball in an area that you don't always want a player have the ball in. But he helps out so much, and there's so many times where he's Tally Smith and Deborah and Sang and Granty where where he needs them for the next ball as he's on the off turn. Right, receiving the ball from Ripley, that you see what his experience brings, and that's my centre of the of the back three. That's the sort of player because he had, he can head the ball. Granted, he's not massive; he doesn't win every header. But what I like about him is he puts his hand on the back if he's not going to win it, and kind of pushes them a little bit forward without pushing them to to get him to drop back into it. So that lad goes, if he's flicking it on, I'm reading the flick on. If he's bringing it down. As soon as he turns, I'm hitting him. So I love his intelligence. And I think, like, it wasn't one of his best games where he stood out and been, like, the best player on the pitch. But he was my third in man of the match. Got a seven. And I, I and what I think is that him and Deborah are my two shoe-ins at centre-half now. That left centre-half is up to debate. And Smithy, Yak and Jones have all got a fair crack at it. Yeah, and it was also, according to something I read today, today or yesterday, it was his 400th career start. So, Bez, what did you make of Jason Lowe? Yeah, Johnny's took the words out of my mouth. I thought Lowe was absolutely excellent. The one that we touched on earlier where Smithy let it go over his head and Ripley makes the first save, the tackle Jason Lowe makes to block the second effort is unbelievable. He reads the game really well, as Johnny said. He's comfortable on the ball. And I think Jason Lowe, when you look at the summer signings, is probably the surprise package out the lot. And that's for the fact that when we signed him, I think everyone thought he was a utility player and he was a squad player that would use as and when. And as Johnny says, actually, for me, he's a shoe-in now for one of the names on the first names on the team sheet. He should be starting every game. And I agree, Johnny. Big Deb should as well. And I agree the third place is up for grabs. It's not Smithy's. So Smithy will get on to in a minute. And I love Smithy, so it's nothing against him. But Jason Lowe is unbelievable. And Johnny would like to go for a bottle uh, Johnny. Tom would like to go for a bottle of whiskey with Andy Crosby. I'd love to go for a pint with Jason Lowe. I love the bloke. Yeah, quality bloke. He like he just it's it's the coolness and he brings so much confidence when you watch him. And he's gonna make a mistake at some point. We all we know that, but it's yeah, I I just I really rate him, and I, th- I, th- I think he is at the minute one of the signings of the season. He's not yep. going to be the signing because Connor Rip- Connor Ripley's got that sewn up. But, um, but Ripley, we expected it. I don't think we expected this from Lowe, which is probably yeah. our naivety to be honest. Because look at Jason Lowe's career stats, and as you just said, Andy, 
he's made 300 career starts. He's made 330 career appearances. So actually, he's only made 30 from the bench, which tells you that when Jason Lowe's fit, wherever he's been, he's been in that first 11. Yeah. Yeah, fair point, yeah. Um, but yeah, from what I saw, he was just like that steady, experienced head, that sort of just wise player who just sits in the middle, reads the game, and doesn't need to do anything flash. And yeah, very, very um, impressed with him. Uh, and, and you need that on a an awful day like that, where you, where you can easily just misread a ball or just, you know, try and play at something you don't need to. Um, left of the three, then um, Bez is back to you and Nathan Smith. Oh, trust me, you get Smithy. Not his best day at the office, was it? Let's be totally honest. That one that we've already touched on a few times where he just lets it go over his head. If he's got a call from Ripley, then it's on Ripley, but Ripley doesn't come out as though he's called for it. If he's left it without a call, that's absolute criminal defending. And if we were playing an off decent side, that's a goal. Smithy is one that's really suffering confidence in this run of form we're on, and he needs to get back to his normal self. Otherwise, as you've already entered, Johnny, for me, he drops out the back three and he's back up because at the moment we can't carry on carrying Smith and the performances putting in. And that wasn't just yesterday. Smithy's had a few bad performances in a row now. And Nathan Smith's a professional. He'll be working on it. I'm sure he'll come back stronger. But at this moment in time, his performances aren't at the level we need him. And he isn't going to get a six from Johnny. I'm certain of it. It'll be lower, by the way. <laughs> well, go on, Johnny. Yeah, Nathan Smith. We we know we know what he can bring to the team, and that's the frustrating thing. I've got to, before I go into it. I've got a question for you both. Is there a question of whilst he's suffering this form, do we give Ojo the armband? I don't think you can unless you're dropping Smithy out the eleven. Is my view. I tend to agree with that, yeah. I, I don't think you can just drop your captain because he's had a bit of a, a lull. Uh, we can drop him, but you can't take the armband off him just because he's, he's going through a bit of a sticky patch. Um, I think he's probably earned a little bit in the bank. Maybe another player might have been dropped already, whereas he gets a bit of credit for for being the club captain and, and the consistency he's put in over a number of years. Where... Um, it's a, it's a tough one, but I don't think... Because if you took the armband off him, that would be effectively stripping him of the captaincy. Um, I, I know you, you, people would argue, OK, he's club captain still, maybe, but you, I, it just the optics are, are terrible for that. Yeah, I agree. Fair enough. It's just, a, just, just a question, because I, I'm just struggling to see how, at the minute, he gets himself back into form, because we saw when previously when he had the armband and, and we were in bad form that he suffered and as soon as someone else had it he, his game picked up again so I didn't know if it was just something where he needed to kind of be a bit selfish and look after himself a bit more Yeah, and if he asks for it that's different than Crosby saying I'm taking the armband off you and giving it to someone else for a bit if he says do you know what Gaffer Ojo will do a better job than me at the moment because of my performances then fair enough I can't see him doing that. I don't think any footballer really would. But if he does that, fair enough. If not, I think you killed the bloke by taking it off him. 
more than you kill your striker by dropping him for a centre midfielder. We haven't got a striker. Yeah, but it's the same, same sort of question, isn't it? Though that no, could that could that. arguably be passed off as squad rotation, or you know, keeping players, managing minutes, all that sort of stuff. I'd agree with you if we didn't, if both of them weren't sat on the bench next to each other. But fair enough. It was just something I I, I was wondering because like Smithy is Smithy's a very good centre half. He, he's he's key to how we play when when he's playing well because he, he does put his art he does put his art into it. He puts his body on the line, and there's no questioning that that side of him. It's not like he's not trying. It's not like he's down tools or anything like that. It's just that it's not going well for him at the minute. So some something's got to give, and I'm not 100% sure. But based on yesterday, it's a five. All round was okay. He's a couple. There was there was the one where he was passed to him on the ground and it like rolls through his foot and goes out for a throw in on on the halfway line in the in the first half, which was frustrating. But he didn't he didn't massively make a cock up, but that's because his mate saved him. If that one where it like why it was fake, the one that he lets go over his head, I think. Ripley's not on the edge of his six-yard box, so I don't believe Ripley screamed for it. If Ripley's called for it and Smith's done it, then that's on Ripley. Yeah, agree. But I'm going off what I can see, and I think if you keep us calling for it, he's on your six-yard box, because that's effectively where it bounces just a bit further off, isn't it? Yeah. So, unless... The strange thing is, it's just not his sort of thing to do, is it? It's not his sort yeah. of mistake. That's not the sort of nonsense he gets up to. No, and that, and that that's that's the thing that confused me the most because usually you see you keep a coming and Smith is still heading it because it's just it needs to be done and in that situation it does that that needed to be dealt with so it was frustrating but yeah overall it was it was okay it wasn't it wasn't disastrous it wasn't his worst performance he's had but he's he's on thin ice and the, and that's the big thing and that's why. I don't want him stripped of captaincy because I've said earlier this season he was growing into a captain. He was he was showing that leadership. He's going through a bad bit of the form. You either need to drop him or change something. Maybe the change is you don't put him on the left-hand side, but with Jason Lowe playing so well in the centre and Deborah playing so well on the right, there's, you've got two choices, haven't you? Yeah. It's drop him or you persevere. And it might just be the fact he's captain. He's taking the 11 games without a win worse than the rest and taking it on his shoulders as captain. Now we've got that win. He's got that monkey off his back and now we can get back to what we know. And let's hope that that's exactly what it is. Yeah, let's, uh, and that's it. I, I'm not writing him off is the big thing. I'm not I'm not calling for him to be dropped because he's having an absolute stinker. I'm, I'm hoping that we can... We can find something that works for him. Yeah, but agree. Who knows at the minute? That's 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 a toughie. Yep, it is. Um, right, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> right side of right right sided wing back is Tom Sank, and I think it is d- d- A B C D. Johnny, it's you first, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. good. Do you know what? This is harder than it looks, isn't it? Let's make it look easy, don't he? Do, do you know what? With, with, with Sang, it was, I was impressed by him that he he grew into it. Again, like I said, him and Deborah didn't have the best first 10 minutes, but he grew into it. He was whipping balls in. He was up and down. And he's he's quickly becoming one of our one of our most important players. And some people like some people aren't hundred percent convinced by him, which is fine. Do you know what I mean? Like we I still think there's a there's a better player in there somewhere than than he's showing. I don't think he's at his peak. But he's helpful. He was helping the team. We looked we looked steady with him there, so more than happy with with that perspective. And I'm still frustrated how with his corners, but you know we 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 actually scored off one. And Phil was was having a bit of a laugh with me, saying you don't need to beat the first man after all. And you're right, you don't if we've got someone there. But we've now taken 400 corners this season, and it's taken. 399 to get a man at the front post so well done well done us um but yeah we need to sort out these these deliveries because we'll get on to ojo in a bit but his corner was a disgrace in, in the first half and it was just yeah there's just a couple of times where we needed to be better with with delivery and that that's the biggie with sang because he seems to be able to get it out his feet and whip the ball and when he's moving but arguably a corner should be easier because it's it's a dead ball. You've got no pressure on you. But it just seems to crumble a little bit when taking it. But overall, performance-wise, 6 out of 10. Defended really well. Got involved where he could, attacking-wise. But, yeah, he was a decent player and hasn't done himself any, any, any harm. Yeah, and he's... Whipping balls in from open places seems to be a lot better than dead ball. If you just sort of, I don't know, just calibrate it quite right, then you know maybe we'll score off more set pieces um, in the next few games and so on. Uh, Bez, Tom Sang, talk to me about him. Yeah, I agree with what Johnny said there. I thought offensively wasn't one of his better games, but I don't think that was down to Sang. I think that was down to the way the team played. But defensively was solid, as Johnny says, probably after the first 10 minutes, but very solid. I think people forget he's still only 22, 23. He's still a young lad, really, in football teams. So he's got a lot of learning, a lot of developing to do, and he's already got the makings of a very good fullback, which I'm surprised I'm saying to the start of the year. I kept saying he's not a wingback, he's not a fullback, he's a midfielder. I still think he'd make a very good midfielder, but he's doing a great job at fullback for us. And again, he's another one that's a certainty for the team because. He's playing that well. Uh, a clean sheet, he's helped with that. There was one time the first half he got forward and put a cross in that went out for a throw-in, and it wasn't because everyone had missed it. He just basically bounced the opposite side of the box. That's how bad it was. So, yeah, it needs work on that delivery a bit, which we know he's got a good delivery. And is that lack of confidence in people that are in the box to get on the end of it? Is it just he needs to take a deep breath before he puts the cross and have a think, I don't know. But yeah, Sangi's turned into a very good full-back slash wing-back and more than happy with him. Agree with Johnny, 6 out of 10 overall. I thought defensively was probably a 7. 
offensively a five to give you the six overall. And really like Tom Sang. He's becoming one of my favourites, but I still want to part with Jason Lowe. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens in January because he might end up having to go back into midfield again if we sign some wing-backs and depending on what happens with the lone players in January. We don't know, do we? But no. um, he's he's versatile. He's He's a bit of a utility man and that'll probably be very useful for us um, as the season wears on. Next on the uh, going across the wing-back stroke defensive midfielders, I've got Funzo Ojo, uh, Bez. Um, tell me about Funzo. Funzo, I thought he was quietly played a decent game. And to be honest, he was third in my man of the match. He was the third one for me. I thought Funzo didn't do the eye-catching stuff, but actually kept his ticking, got on the ball. It was one of the few that didn't give it away as much as others, because I think there was a lot of people that gave the ball away quickly yesterday. Probably had to adapt his game because Reese started first off and then went off at half time, so he had to adapt to that. But when Reese was there, Funzo seemed to get forward more than he normally does. And, you know, I like to see Funzo on the ball. He made a couple of really good runs. There was one time he got the ball to his feet on the right-hand side and basically shifted it between one foot and the other and left two of their players for dead. And Funzo's a very, very good footballer. And it's a shame he's sort of as old as he is because if he was younger and we could develop him, there's a there's a player you could sell on for big money there. But at his age, you've just got to enjoy him and let the other lads learn from him. Thought Funzo had a really good game, to be fair. Yeah, uh, Johnny, anything yeah, I think, to add? I think that's fair. I think seven Funzo as well. Um, the only thing I'd say is in the first half, I thought he was hindered by Walters. Hmm. Um, and that's not a dig at Reese because he's played six times in the first team and got five man of the matches and looked good against Bolton. It just was his league debut and it didn't go as well as anybody would have hoped. Um, with Walters, and we'll touch on him in a sec. But yeah, Funzo, Bez, yeah, everything you said, decent, apart from his corner, the, like I say, in the took in the first half, and I think went out for a throw in. Um, oh, but, was that his? I can't remember. I do remember yeah, yeah. the corner, but I couldn't remember who took it. Yeah, it was, I'm, I'm pretty certain it was him. I'll probably get corrected if I'm not, but yeah, it was just, it, it, I prefer him sat in front of your back three. So, I think I think that's his position. I think that's where he plays best. Um, but yeah, overall decent performance, and probably think that's where the positives may stop now. Right. Um, I'm not sure if we lost Bez or is he just cameras just gone. I'm not quite sure. Oh, I'm still in it. All right. Okay. I think you must be just on your phone because uh, your picture, your webcam's gone. But it wasn't your turn anyway. Um, I was going to go back fun. to Johnny. Uh, because next up, Johnny, is the goal scorer, Oli Arblaster. Yeah, a quiet game for Oli. Um, scored the goal, which is obviously an important thing. But quite a quiet game overall. Give the ball away a couple of times and just didn't really seem to be able to get into it in that hybrid 10 role. Um, because he wasn't quite a 10, but wasn't quite sat in. Um, I'd prefer to see him next to Ojo um, rather than a bit more advanced. But overall, yeah, six for Ollie. Did all right. Got the goal, which has probably saved him from a five. 
Fair enough. Bez? Yeah, agree with that. And probably one of his quieter games, as Johnny's already said. Uh, however, most important was the goal. And as I've already said on here, the performance overall was pretty poor. But the result was more important than anything yesterday. Ollie got the goal that won us the game. So that's off to him for that. Felt for him at the end because everyone was singing the Deep Pepper song. And then Ripley and Ollie stood back. And everyone sang the Ripley song. I think Ollie was waiting for his song. But by the time we'd finished singing Ripley song, he'd gone in. So he would have got his song if he'd have waited a little bit longer. He's, he's had enough of it anyway. When when they come out, when they come out, he he was the only one that we were singing the name of. So he, yeah, and he had plenty during the game and after the goal and that. But I think he was waiting for a little thank you off the fans for the goal. But if you were Ollie and you're listening, thank you for that goal because that could proved to be a vital goal from the end of the season. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till, till February the 1st before I thank him. Because yeah. uh, if, if he ends up back at Sheffield United, he's dead to me. Yeah. I, I won't go that far because I think <laughs> if he goes in January and we stay up, he's probably had a massive hand in keeping us up for the run we did before and then that goal yesterday. Yeah, but the, the, he's left us then, so that's, that's dead to me. Yeah, he might not have any choice in the matter, really, does he? You know, see what Chris Wilder wants to do. Yeah, no, that that's it. Well, obviously, we'll touch on that if if and when it happens. But yeah, and I have heard Chris listens to the pod, so Mr. Wilder, if you're listening, all his shit, leaving where he is for the rest of the season. Thank you. Right. Uh... (laughs) Yeah. How do you follow that up? Chris Wilder listens to the podcast. Yeah. And Chris, if you've listened to the rules, you want Chuck you two quid in, mate. <laughs> oh, you weapon. Oh, poor old Chris Wilder looked quite emotional yesterday, didn't he? He was welling up a little bit. He did. Good manager, him. Yeah, yeah he, he turned Sheffield United around. You know, you look at the managers who, who struggled to do that when they were in League One for years and years. Um, fair play to him. Uh Right, let's move on to Connor Grant, who is left wing back um, yesterday. So, um, Bez, your turn with him. Connor Grant. Yeah, I it was then, to be fair. Connor Grant had a very steady game without being anything more than a six out of ten for me. He was steady. He gives us that balance when he plays left wing back because he is left footed, he's got experience. I don't think he's naturally defensive minded. However, he did a decent enough job yesterday. He's calm on the ball and keeps us in possession. So, I think during the run we've been on, he's been a massive miss. And it's not because he catches the eye. I think it's just the balance he gives the team overall. Um, So, yeah, happy with Grant. Could have done better with that free kick on the edge of the box where he hit the wall. Johnny? Yeah, can't can't argue with that. I think I'd say, for me, it'd be... Be a six for Granty. I think it was it was all right. Surprised it lasted ninety minutes. Lasted ninety minutes. Yeah, that's uh, a positive. Yeah, it is a positive. But is it if he doesn't play Tuesday? Do you know, like that's. I know we're talking. We were talking future year, but is it a if he doesn't last the ninety on on if he doesn't play on Tuesday? That that's not a positive for me. So. I prefer manage his minutes to get sixty minutes in both rather than a ninety and a and a thirty. And I know that's the exact same amount of minutes, but 
his percentage of each game. Well, let me ask you then, playing, and we won't know the actual answer to this because it didn't happen. But if Connor goes off after 60 minutes yesterday and then acts to pummel us down that side and end up nicking one, even two goals, and we draw slash lose, but then we get a result against Stevenage, are you happy with that? Or if he doesn't play Tuesday and we go out the FA Cup, but we've now got three points against Exeter, would you be happier with that? The FA Cup going out depends on what happens at Wigan. But I don't, I'm, I, I don't, yeah, I, I think I, I, obviously the three points in the league are, are the key. So yeah, 90 minutes, if that's the case, then yeah, sound, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. But I think with how we've managed everyone else's minutes recently, it was just a surprise to me and I'm not sure that, like, I'm not, I'm not sure if we, if, if we're going to see him Tuesday is is the big thing, but yeah. No, I agree with that, but I'll take it that way. And for me, Johnny, if Plenty was on the bench, he'd have probably done 60 minutes. Yeah. It probably says something about the backup we've got on the bench. Yeah. And again, I think, I think it's tally. I think Flickroft said some people will move on in January. I'd put money on Gav Matty being one of them some people. For, mm-hmm. for, for De Pepe to come on for De Pepe to come on for Chislet in a position where Massey's played this season speaks the same volumes as Uch and Loth not starting with Garrity. I honestly feel that a couple of players races that at Port Vale have been run and he he feels like he's a he's a very obvious one. Don't disagree. And I'd imagine he's on an okay wage. I can't imagine him being high. He's paid at the club by any stretch. But I can't imagine him being one of the lower paid players. They come from Wigan after they've been promoted. I imagine he's on a fairly decent wage that if it's freed up, you could use effectively elsewhere. Yeah, the only thing I'd say is he came in pretty late in the window, didn't he? So maybe we'd negotiate the wage. Before the season started, he come in, but it was... Not was long it? before the seasons. Yeah, because I remember going down the opening game and he was doing fitness work on the training pitch at about 12 o'clock that day. So he was definitely there for the opening game of the season. Ah, oh, right, OK. He okay. just didn't get a game until about the week before the window shut because we said he wasn't fit enough to get a game until then. Fair enough. I think that that's I think that's probably the, the difference. I just remember he didn't play for us for a while. Yeah, no, he didn't. But he was definitely signed before the season started. Fair enough. There we go. Right, ready to move on? Yeah, let's go. My, my graphic is absolute bullshit, and I'm pretty sure we didn't line up in the way that it shows. So, um, yeah, Adrice Walters is up top. Uh, Garrity and Chislett as the sort of two number tens, but that's clearly wrong. So I'm going to go with Reese Walters now. So uh, Johnny Reese Walters. Yeah, I'm not going to hammer the lad. It wasn't it wasn't a great game. It was a five, and we move on from it. He was looked at half time, rightly so. Um, but yeah, he's had six good games and one bad game. Now, sadly, he's bad games in his first league start, but he's. Eight, just 18, just 18, and he's got 
a big future in football ahead of him. So, yeah, I'd say I'm not going to hammer him. Um, it's, there's no need for it. Uh, but, yeah, played 45 minutes. Going to be easily forgettable for him. Hopefully he shakes it off. He seems like the sort of lad. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't seemed to have gone massively mad with the with the performances with his man of the matches and stuff like that. So, um, seems like the sort of lad that's pretty level headed. Um, and he moves on. Just get that contract signed. As all I'll say, because even after that game, I'd still be putting the contract in front of him. Does that do him some good? Do you think in the long run? Uh, you know, just just dampening down people's expectations of him. I th- I think I think what it might do is it might do everybody around him some good as well, um, in terms of reading between the lines of what Flickcroft said is there's some demands coming from Reese's side, whether that's him or his agents, and maybe we can turn around and say, look, we started him against arguably one of the worst teams in the division, and he struggled. So maybe is he is he quite ready? Maybe not. So let us develop him. Let like we will get him minutes, and he will be involved. But I think that's where it is. And I, I don't think any Vale fans going to be damp, damp. Like that's going to dampen any Vale fan spirits around him. Um, e- easier to me, easy for me to say, um, because we've seen six other games where he's been quality. So I think it, it'd take three or four games for him to be at the level of yesterday for us to go. Okay, maybe he's not ready. Yeah, fair enough. He's just, um, you know, maybe we've gone overboard and that just sort of calms us down a bit. Um, But, yeah, with the contract situation, I hope I'm not reading it wrong, but I'm getting strong sort of Dave Hibbert vibes about it, which I hope hope I'm wrong about. Uh, Bess, what did you make of Reese Walters? Yeah, his worst performance for the first team without a shadow of a doubt. And like Johnny, I'm not going to hammer him. It was his league debut, so there was pressure on him for that, probably heaped on him. We were on a run of 11 games in the league without a win, and then we took a lad that's just turned 18. And rightly so, because his performances have dictated that he deserved that go. So I'm not suggesting we threw him under the bus at all. He deserved that spot. Didn't come off for him yesterday. Agree, I do think actually in the long run that performance will do him good. Because if you listen to people that played for the good managers in the past, like Cluffy, etc., they always said he was very good at bringing you back down to earth. And I think that performance will bring Reese back down to earth and go, oh, maybe it isn't as easy as I thought it was. And that's not me suggesting for one minute that his personality, etc., thinks that he's better than he is because I don't know the bloke. I've never spoke to him. But I do think it'll bring him down to earth and then, right, let's knuckle down and let's go again. He'll get another opportunity at the Vale. I'm sure he will. And he'll take it with both hands. He'll learn a, He'll learn more from yesterday's performance than he will from the other six for me. So I think it really will stand him in good stead. Agree with you both on the negotiations from what Flickcroft said. We've been talking to him and his agents for 12 weeks now. And it's the longest negotiation we've had since Flickcroft's been at the club. So we need to get that sorted ASAP. Get him a contract. If we're quibbling over a few quid... Let's stop quibbling and get it done. If we're miles apart, then something needs to be done because he's got a big future in the game. He's one that could have a good two, three years at the Vale and we sell on for a nice, tidy fee. Or we're in the Championship and he's happy. So, let's see. But yeah, Reese Walters, not his day. He'll have plenty of good days in football and hopefully plenty of good days at the Vale. 
Okay, um, sticking with you, Bez. Um, I'm going to go with Ethan Chislett as the next one. So tell me about Chizzy. Chizzy, oh, it's flattering to deceive for me at the moment. He gets the ball, and you can see he's tidy on the ball. People, teams are worried by him. But for me, Chizzy's job in this side is to create and score goals. And he didn't look like creating or scoring a goal yesterday for me. Now, people that watched it said Exeter's commentators thought he was our best player. I'm not quite sure what they saw on that. I think Chizzy's a lot better than he showed yesterday. Um, a lot of energy. He'll always work hard for the side. And he'll never hide as in because he doesn't want the ball or anything. But sometimes it doesn't happen for him. I didn't think it happened for him yesterday. And I think we need to get Chizzy back to having long-range efforts because we know we can score them. I can't remember him pulling the trigger yesterday. We need to get Chizzy back to running at defenders and scaring them because he does. Yeah, just not his day for me. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. Um, if, we, if we'd if we have done a Stevenage review, I would have said something very, very similar to that uh, based on um, how we did last week. Um, but I'm not going to pile on the lad. Um Johnny, what did you make of him? Yeah, Bez, I think with what you've said is is pretty much spot on. He he's busy, he's around, he's he always wants the ball, he always tries, but it's just not coming off at the minute. Um he's another one that maybe would be pulled out of the firing line, in my opinion, for for, for a few games just to just to maybe rest his body up a bit and get that bit of get that bit of a spark back in him because whilst he's wanting the ball and doing stuff, he's just not doing anything with it. Um, it was a five. It was the energy and effort was there. Just the end product wasn't. And we, we know he's a decent player, um, but he's played pretty much most of his career in league two. Um, he now needs to step it up again. Um, and that's that's the big thing. Like the start of the season, he came. He was having he was having a go. He was he was shooting. He was he looked like he looked like we'd signed a gem. Um, now it's died off a little bit, and we've just got to find we, we've just got to find that find that thing that works for him. Um, because he's not getting into the box enough, and he's not taking he's not taking set plays either. So. It's just a bit, bit difficult, really. Yeah, something that Phil said last week at Stevenage is that just a little bit of a burst of pace, a little gear change, just changing it up a little bit, it just make a massive difference to him. You know, just lulling a defender in and then bang, a little bit of put the afterburners on a little bit, get him away, make him a yard of space. It's just, it just feels as though you know, some of the criticisms we've got about us being a bit of a slow team seem to reflect against Ethan Chislett as well. He just if he could just sort of get a bit zippier then then it'd help us a lot, I think, in, in considering the position he plays in for the team. But anyway, um last one of the starting eleven um is Ben Garrity, who um in the absence of Lofty and uh, Uchi, I'm assuming played as a makeshift striker again. Yeah, and Johnny, see you. Yeah, yeah. Forty-five minutes he did. Um, he dropped in. He dropped deeper when Ooch came on, obviously. But yeah, first off, busy. You you get you get what you get from Ben, don't you? You get work rate, you get effort. 
you get desire, you get the willingness to chase the lost causes. What you don't get is you don't you, you don't get the hold up play that you get from a proper proper number nine. You don't get the the interlink from proper number nine, and you lose Ben's ability to burst into the box when he when he's at number nine because when he's deeper, his late runs into the box work. But he got across his man for the first half, flicked the ball over for Ollie to score, which we need to see a bit more from him with with that sort of thing from from set pieces. Second half, drop deeper again, work rate effort spot on. Disappeared a little bit in my opinion in the second half because he was doing the dirty stuff. He was digging in and stuff like that. So we didn't really see the attacking side of him. Um, but again, doesn't let you down. So st- strong six, but we we do need find a solution for Ben Garrity really because he's going to suffer in the long run by playing up front. Yeah, it sounds like Ben Garrity's um, you know sacrificing a bit of his own game for the sake of the team. Uh, Bez, what did you make of him? Yeah, I agree with that. And the sad thing is that at this moment in time, Ben Garrity is the best option to play up front. And that's damning on your strikers. But mm. he did a job for the team, as Johnny says. Second off, he dropped, as Johnny's already said, deep. He was kind of the holding midfielder, which you'd expect Garrity to be one of the number 10s. And that's the answer for Ben Garrity, one of the number 10s where he can rat, he can arrive in the box late. He's top goal scorer for a reason because he does that really well and he finishes well. Um, as we've already said, he did a job for the team yesterday. And it was a good, solid six job for the team. He was never going to be spectacular up there, but he did what he needed to do. He worked hard. I don't like seeing him as deep when he's in midfield. I like seeing him in that number 10 role. And I actually put a tenner before the game on Vale to be winning at half time, Vale win at full time, and Ben Garrity to score an edit. So, can we just double check that the ball hadn't crossed the line when our blaster put it in? I think that's fairly safe that he hadn't. Oh, shit. But yeah, Garrity has got to do a job for the team at the moment because the strikers are either bang out of form or shite. One or the other. Or both. Or both. Or both. <laughs> Let's hope that they just bang out of form. I'm being optimistic. Okay, on a completely unrelated note, there was one sub who played um, the entire second half. Um, it was Uchik Pezu. Um, does anyone want to say anything about his performance? Because he got a whole half. Well, we'll give him a mark because he got 45. We normally do so. Our start, as Johnny started last one, Uch actually, when he came on yesterday, did what you'd expect Uch to do, which is get the ball into feet, hold it up and lay it off. And that's all you can expect him to do because at this moment in time, he's not showing that he can do anything more than that. He's one-on-one with the goalie was pathetic. Just a bloke of his size, put your laces through it. And if the goalie gets in the way, put him in the net with the ball. He tried to pass it into the far corner. And I'll be honest, I think your 10-year-old nephew would have saved it. And that's from a one-on-one. However, when he got the ball into feet back to goal, laid it off, he did some real nice touches doing that. Um, he got their lad sent off. It was a sending off, as we've already said. Uchi made that with his strength, but he looks like a bloke that's trying too hard at the moment. He had the one-on-one where he kind of took it off to Pepper to get the effort in. 
he had the one where Deb's gone volley to Nuke, she stuck his head in the way. And I think if Deb volleys, he's got a better opportunity. And he had the one where the ball's up at the end. Smith is running towards it, looking at goal. And Uchi has got his back to goal and tried to do a backhead rather than leaving it to Smithy. And he looked like a bloke that was desperate to score the goal and was trying too hard for me. But I'd rather him try than not try. He looked like a bloke that had been dropped for a centre midfielder. That's yeah. that, that's it. And it's a good response from him. But it's still not good enough. Yeah. And, that, and that's the big thing. Luke... Is he better than Loft? Yes. Should that be should should that be a should should that be a measuring stick? No, it shouldn't. And that's the thing. Need neither of the strikers that are fit. Well, I tell you, they're fit. The only striker we've got fit at the minute is Uch, and yeah, he's not good enough. Loft isn't good enough. Thomas potentially, but we haven't seen enough of Willow. We know what James Wilson can do. We know he's back on grass. Please God, that means there is close enough to to play a part in this next three three or four weeks until until we know about his contract. Because for me, it's no it's no coincidence that Chizzy's gone downhill since Willow's not been there. Willow's easy to play football with because you know you can kick it as hard as you want at him, and he'll trap it and bring it down. Ooch, he was busy yesterday. He. He added something different, but we had no control of that second half. And I'm not saying that's Uchi's fault. That's that's not his fault. But for the few times it comes up to him, you need to be able to rely on that to be trapped and stuck so we can actually get up the pitch a little bit. And it's just the same old, same old with him. Um, it was a five performance because of the three three chances that you talk about. Because I do really think that Two of them. The, the, the Smith, Smith one frustrates me because Smithy's not screaming for it. Because I want I want Smithy screaming, get the fuck out of my way. But I'm having that. But he, he just, he wasn't. And then they just both looked dead disappointed in each other that, that they were they were both there. Mm. Um, Yeah, so it's... There was promising signs. I'll say that there was promising signs with Ooch, but it's still going to be a long three weeks with with, with whoever we we put up there. And let's hope he's just bang out of form because Tom at work, who's a Wickham fan, he watched him for Wickham, still raves about him and wants him back. Now I'm not seeing that. I'm not convinced that's in there. I'll be honest, but let's hope it is, and let's just hope he's bang out of form. Choosing out one goes in off his arse or rolls in off whatever, and we get this one million pound striker because I'm not seeing it at the moment. And as I say, I'm not convinced I will, but I'm trying to be optimistic. My my issue with him is I think he tries too hard, and mm. that's that's ridiculous. But he's not fit enough to go and chase everything. And so- is that because he's bang out of form? So he's trying extra and if he gets a goal he can settle down a bit and just play his natural game is he not playing his natural game because he's trying too hard it's a possibility isn't it I just I don't I I think there's two things with Ooch he needs somebody next to him Mm. I think because Wickham played two up top I think when he was there yeah he did and I think he needs someone next to him and he needs to stop doing the stupid running 
Because sometimes, like in that first half, you didn't see Garrity dropping into midfield to try and get the ball. Second half, you saw Rooch going chasing for it. Just, just stand still sometimes. Stands, and I know that fans probably, we fan, fans love his enthusiasm. But sometimes just stand still in the middle. Let, let the other people chase it and go and do what a striker should do and help, help your team out that way. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what the future holds with 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 Uch. Yeah, to be fair to Uch, he looked a lot better last week uh, at Stevenage when he came on and just had a very specific, very narrow job. He was just basically told to run the channel. Uh, play we we played in a very similar way to to how Stevenage play. You know, we just knocked like little balls around the corner, and he. he, he to a, to a certain pattern, and he, he just went and chased him. Um, when he's got to do the sort of the solo striker, and he's got to go from one side of the pitch to the other as the, as the team sort of switches the play from one side to the other, it's it's going to be tough for anyone, and it's especially tough for him. So, he, he, I think he just needs a. I think I think he needs someone alongside him to make his life easier. If if he could play a two, um, it. It'd probably do him a lot of good. Yeah. Um, Stevenage is probably a good place to um, move on to Tuesday's preview, isn't it? Stevenage is never a good place. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Is, is Stevenage a good place? I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've been to worse places. I mean, he's got a nice industrial estate near the ground. He's got a Burger King. He's got a. KFC, he's got an MS food. What what more do you want? It's also well no, it hasn't, but it's also got a free car park. I love oh, yeah. that. That's great as well, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to touch that, but it's also got Steve Evans. Yeah, but I have seen I've seen him wobble over to the away fans in front of the Burton on uh, the weekend. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's it's so it's so it's so like your dad at a wedding, isn't it? It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's like, not, I'm not saying you're, I'm not saying that your dad. I'm just saying in general, everybody's yes. dad at a wedding. Yes. Or no, or bed at a wedding. To be fair, because like I can imagine Steve Evans loves a tie around the head. I've never been known to do that. <laughs> I call bullshit. <laughs> I'm pretty certain I've got a we- I've got a picture of you at a wedding with a tie around your head somewhere. Yes, I'm pretty certain you might have one from. Your wedding, you might have one from Corum's wedding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wasn't the most yeah. embarrassing thing that anyone did at your wedding, though, was it, Johnny? No, it wasn't, mate. <laughs> <laughs> leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave. He knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it there. But yeah, Stevenage, Johnny's bar will be open before the game. So if you're down Burslem, go down, get yourself a pint in Johnny's bar. The A ups on form. I popped in and had one last night when we got back from Exeter. And after the Wigan game on Saturday, the podcast lot will be in Johnny's bar having a pint or two or more. And we may or may not record a live podcast from Johnny's bar. We just got to sort out the logistics and if we want to do it or try to do it. But the worst case scenario is we're in there having a pint. Come and join us. You're more than welcome to come and have a pint with us. If And we may even record a podcast, but we don't know yet. Yeah. We'll, we'll, if we'll anyone knows we'll, how. Yeah. Let's say, we'll, well, we'll, 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 yeah, you you know now. I think it, it's more it's more about obviously the the result and and stuff as well. Like we we've got to be 
able to to produce it and not just a lot of fuck off Crosby, which will probably just be from Stu. Yeah, depends how many pints deep we are when we decide to hit record. Yeah, and it depends how busy Johnny's bar is because if we can't get the room upstairs to do it, then we definitely can't do it downstairs. So it's if we can get up there, there's the room to do it and set up and record the pod. But if we can, we probably will. But again, it will depend on the result, how busy it is and how we feel. You've got the yeah, log burner downstairs, haven't you? I don't fancy... Got uh, a log be... burner upstairs as well. Have, have they? Yeah, upstairs room's got a log burner. And we were in there, not today, Sunday before, we were in there for Domino's and he let the log burner for us up there. It's got a tally on, so he's got the football on up there and he's got room for probably about 20, 30 people up there. Yeah, it's a very cosy upstairs room. Been in there a few yeah. times. Yeah, beautiful. So yeah, we'll definitely be in Johnny's at full time of the Wigan game and we'll be staying there for a good few hours if anyone wants to come and have a pint with us. Or come and listen to us potentially record a podcast. Yeah. So here we go. Stevenage, it's home. Grim, it's cold, it's it's wet and windy. Um, and that's just Steve Evans. Um, but yeah, they beat Burton at the weekend, which isn't isn't anything shout home about. Um the only good thing from that is it's about the end of Dino. I don't know if that is a good thing. It is for football. It's not for us in terms of a relegation fight because they might bring in someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, well, they, they seem to be able to do that as well. They, they seem to find someone. But yeah, like, look, they haven't lost a game of football since losing to Blackpool on the 14th of October. Um, So that run includes one, two, four draws. Amazingly, two of them are against two of them are against us. Um, they've they've also drawn against Bristol Rovers, um, at Bristol Rovers and Peterborough at home. But yeah, they've gone and beat Burton, Fleetwood, Lincoln, Crystal Palace under twenty ones. That's um, Wickham, Tramere, Derby in that run. So they're they're on a good run. It's look. You, the league team after 21 games doesn't lie. You're not third by accident. And no, no matter what anyone thinks of Evans and, or, and the football, because I know, Bez, it, it never would be your cup of tea. Um, but it's working at the minute. Yeah, it's effective. They played two more games than most teams around them up there, so it could be a false position. Um, the next team to play 21 is Blackpool and eighth on, on 33 points. So there's... There's teams in and around that that can overlap them eventually, but Tuesday's the FA Cup game. It's the chance to go into the third round to go and see Lucas Kovalan, who's just been voted into the half season Vanarama National League South team of the team of the half season. Wow! So he's obviously having a good season. We know he's a good keeper. I think say it doesn't surprise me because we know he's a good keeper. He was just a fucking lunatic. Yeah, oh, only us, only only whilst employed by us, though. Well, he got sent off his debut for Chesterfield as well, didn't he? Yeah, but he was employed by us still. Oh, yeah, he was employed by us, yeah. So, I mean, it, it just seems like whilst we've employed him, his head went a bit like, maybe maybe you don't like being this far north. Maybe so. Yeah, because like, never heard this at Torquay. No. And it seems, obviously, it, it seems like he isn't. But, yeah, the chance to go and see Lucas... Um, amongst others, because I think 
They they've got Reese Green Green Ridge as well, who we had on uh, loan yeah. from. Yeah. Did he ever so, play? I don't think he ever got no. on the pitch, did he? No, I don't think he did. But was he one of a big centre half? He was a big centre half, yeah. Because he ended up at Thingy for a little bit, didn't he? Um, Bolton for a bit. Yes, he did. He did. So. I think he did get on the pitch, maybe for 45 minutes or so. I don't remember him. Let me check. But I don't know, because it was when Norman went on his um, bit of a recruitment drive after uh, Adams left. Yeah, but for, for fans of football manager, um, and as it was back then, championship manager, their manager is ex-Wolves left-back, George Alcobie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm quite excited by that. Obviously, we've got to get past Stevenage, and it's not, it's not a given. Um, Definitely not. But, yeah, I'd prefer to talk about Maidstone than, than, than Stevenage, <laughs> as you can tell. Um but yeah, look, it's Tuesday night, it's under the lights. We've got to repeat the the grit and determination of Saturday yeah. and the Saturday before against them. We've got to repeat that. We've now got to intertwine that with a bit more quality. So, Andy, I'm coming to you first. Who's your starting 11 on Tuesday I would probably not make too many changes. Uh, it's just a case of you never know if we're managing minutes with players at the moment, if Jakovic comes back in, if maybe Barmer gets a bit of a go. Maybe Uchi was isn't quite at the ready to play Saturday, Tuesday, so he didn't play yesterday, so he can play on Tuesday. Probably I'd go with... Um, Similar 11, maybe um, oh, crikey, um, Uchi and for um, maybe Uchi for Chislet and um, drop Walters into and Ben is a sort of a I don't know, just work out in midfield from that. Um, but I'd I'd probably try and keep as, as settled aside as possible, um, injuries permitting. Fair enough. Bez, any dangers? I'm just thinking that through because I agree. I was going bringing in Chien for Chessy because Stevenage, we know, are a big, strong physical side. So I think Uchi will be more. He'll fit that game plan better because obviously we know we've got that, and I can never say his name, the ex Oldham centre half, Pierre Genie, whatever his bloody name is. Pierre Journey. He's the one, that bastard. They've got him in the centre half, who's big physical oh. one. You what? Just call him Carl. Carl, ah, they've got Carl at centre off. So Uchi will have a good battle against him. So I'll bring Uchi in. So going through, we Ripley obviously in goal. We don't want to see Jason for this one. It's Ripley. Back three, I'm sticking with Deblo, Smith. Although Smith's first 45s like his game of texture will come off at half time for the Yak. I'm going Sang right wing back. I'm trusting Grant to do another 45 without breaking down minimum, maybe longer. Then Ojo and Arblast are holding midfielders. Reese drops out for this one. I'm going Garrity, and I'm having a sneaky feeling divine as attacking midfielders with Chessie on the bench and Big Uch up front. That's my side. Fair enough. And like I say, each is in for the physicality. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was interesting to see how we matched up, and it felt as though we were reasonably comfortable in the first game. Um, Smith on the left, you know, normally you don't necessarily like him on the left, but he, he was in his element, really, just with dealing with Stevenage's pattern because he was all trying to uh, turn him round and, and sort of play those little balls around the corner. And, and he, he was just happy enough, you know, heading it, kicking it. Um, yeah, they play to a very set pattern. They're trying to get their forwards in down the channels. And we looked fairly comfortable. We didn't give them a lot to... Was it Tom who said on the last pod that, that they are geared to try and counter-attack where they could and, and we didn't really give them a lot of space apart from the one little through ball that they did that they really sort of made the most of. So I think the, the danger is that if we have a lot of possession on Tuesday, we could get done on, on with a sucker punch goal. I think they, they could really hurt us with that. Um, but I don't know, it felt as though we, we matched up pretty well in the first game without trying to tempt fate. Yeah, I can I can see that. I think, yeah, be, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, it's a big game in terms of monetary wise. You know what I mean? Like a third round game, a bit of TV money from the overseas side of it, um, and stuff like that. So, so we, we need to, we need to try and win it. Um, it's not a game like the Bolton one, whereas if we would have played all eleven kids, I would I wouldn't have been asked about. Um, and I know that's. I know that's still money and a decent amount of money, but it's it's a game that means something a bit more to fans. The FA Cup does, so we've got to go out. We've got to try and win it. But I, this is this this is the three games this week. I would not be asked if we scrape them one nil, and we we play vile. Mm-hmm. After after that, then the middle of the games kind of a free hit. Um, you know you've got to play, play it the peak of your game to get anything from them and hope they have an off day so kind of take that out of judging the team too much unless they get battered at, at this moment in time middle have got 11 first team players out injured yeah but the 11 they're playing are still going to be good enough aren't they oh yeah I don't disagree with that but it could just if we can scrape a scrappy win against Stevenage, scrape a scrappy win against Wigan and confidence is getting up a little bit, they've got 11 out, got the recipe for a magical cup night. Fair enough. And the, um, the quadruple we all know is off. We haven't spoke about that. But yeah, rest in peace, the quadruple. That's not happening now. I'm going to put my neck on the line and say that the treble's off because I think we're out of the running for the League One title. So all we've got left is the FA Cup and League Cup. So going for a cup double? Well, that's all that's on for me now. Fair enough. I'd t- take a cup double. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I just want I just want the League Cup um, semi final, the two legged semi final. That'd be. Um, It'd be amazing. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Um, I don't know. Do we get any TV money now that the Maidstone get game potentially if we get through? Is on is it on foreign telly stroke the red button? Whatever it, it's on. It's on inter, it's international TV, right? So so we get a little bit because I think we got about twenty k for the Man City game because that was the same that was same on international. Yes, it was. So I think we get about twenty k. So it's it's not 
not massive, but more than enough. Yeah. But we've got one tomorrow night. So, abtiming.com, get yourselves over to abtiming.com, sign up for a race. I will be doing the Maidley Half in April, so if you want to sign up for that and laugh at me wobbling around 13.1 miles, feel free to do so, although I plan to get fit and lose some weight in the new year, and that's my goal. So, abtiming.com, have a look what he's got coming up. Get yourselves over there. Andy, first goal scorer and time of the first goal and the score prediction. Um, 1-0, Ben Garrity in the 119th minute. Oof. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not staying for that. <laughs> Let's be honest, you will. Well, yes, I will, but... Oh, that's made me feel sick that it goes for extra time. You're not going to win oh. that prediction there. Oh, don't. Don't nil-nil me. Nil-nil. They'll go through on penalties. Is that just Conor Ripley saves four of them? Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. Are oh, you both horrible? Unless we're progressing on our predictions, what's yours? <laughs> Two-nil defeat. <laughs> Well, this is in 90 minutes. Yeah, I suppose that's useful, really. If you've got to get the last train home or something, you at least want it to be over and done with early doors. Yeah, Jamie Reid, 35 minutes, and then it just goes downhill from there, second half. But yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I I don't want to lose any game of football. I hope I'm wrong. But it's, yeah, ticket sales haven't been quite as... um, Quite as snapped up as is in previous games, have we? Let's put it that way. I'll be interested to see the attendance on Tuesday. I think it'll be really low. As I've already said, I'm not going. I'm out for a cuddy with work. And normally, I'd rearrange the cuddy or I'd just not go the cuddy. I'm going the cuddy. Well, so shall, shall, shall we run a bit of a competition then? Go on. Go on. Let's have a pint for the person that guesses the attendance closest to. So you've got until 7, uh, 7 p.m. on Tuesday to tweet us your attendance guess and the pod will buy the closest person a pint. I'm putting it out there, 2,516. I was I think it's going to be less than three. Come on. 2414. Oh, you bastard. I was going to go higher than that until you've gone into the twos. I was going to go like three, four, seven, oh. Okay. You seem quite—I don't know—you you seem quite pessimistic about it. But then I saw Stevenage's uh, away end at Burton, and they've just sort of roped off everything except for the literally behind the goal, haven't they? Yeah. So I can't see them bringing hundred. I'll be honest. Yeah. Which is pathetic for a team that are third in League One. It is, but it's not really a glamour tie either, is it? It's not, but still, it's... What would we take down the Tuesday night if we were third in League One? I know it's FA Cup and not League. Well, we took 500. We, we took 500 when we were 20, 20th, so... But that was a Saturday once. It is a Tuesday. I know, but still, taking 500 when we were 20th, I'd say we'd take... I think we'd take 500 there on a if Tuesday. We were, if we were I third. do if we were third, yeah, I do. Because you only what last last season did we take seven hundred Wickham on a Tuesday night? Summit Daff like that. So it's it's similar similar vein, isn't it? 
Yeah, because we were doing well then, but yeah. So, yeah. So, How go. many did we take when um, Ricky Miller and Tom Pope were up front? I think it was a nil-nil draw. I don't know, that'd be interesting. Johnny, have you wrote, wrote down our guesses? No. They're recorded. Yeah, but no. you're not going to remember them, are you? No, I'll, I'll, I'll wait until until we see the tweets come through and then we'll find out what the attendance is and then I'll I'll go back if either of us are close. Right, tell you what, people, while you're tweeting, just tweet, put Johnny, put his in, put Bez, <laughs> put mine in, put Andy in, put his in. Yeah, there you go. If, if, if someone can do that for us, that'd be grand. Yeah, please do. But yeah, um, that apart from everyone get on board with the pepper because the song's brilliant. Um, Sing it for us. I'm not singing it. That's your that's your forte. Boy, she's still gone from yesterday. It's uh, tequila, isn't it? By um, was it the Clamps or something? Some fifties song, um, yeah. which is funny, really, because he's not old enough to drink tequila. I've got. Um, there you go. He wasn't born when the song was released. Either. Well, none of us were. I don't Absolutely. think his parents, his, his parents might not have been born when the song was released. No, probably not. No. But yeah, it was exciting. I like it. It it's up it's up there with the Yakaviti song for the fact that like it just it just works. Yeah, it does it does right wrap us up, Johnny. I'm getting bad. There we go. So we'll be back Wednesday at some stage um, to talk, obviously, that and Wigan. Um, as Bez has said, Johnny's bar's open, so get yourselves down there Tuesday. And most of all, enjoy your couple of days, have an ale, and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, order make delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.